Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. This month's episode is brought to you by ConExpo Connect. Connect and win with ConExpo Connect, the better way to research construction equipment. Enter for a chance to win a free trip to ConExpo ConAg 2020 by signing up for ConExpo Connect by April 30th. Enter now at ConExpoConnect.com. Now let's dig into today's topic because it's a good one. This episode is all about artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things. AI is here, and it's already changing the way businesses operate. Consider this. Accenture says AI could double annual economic growth rates by 2035. Even more, it can increase labor productivity by as much as 40%. For construction, an industry that is facing a huge labor shortage, this type of technology is drastically needed. So let's take a look about how artificial intelligence can provide some greater insight. AI offers intelligent data that enables machines to work and react like humans. It allows businesses to work more productively than they have in the past. We see industries like automotive, manufacturing, transportation, and logistics really embracing AI. But is construction falling behind? What do executives really need to know when it comes to artificial intelligence? And how will the technology redefine the way construction operates today? To discuss all of this, we have invited Ganesh Bell, president of Uptake, to join the conversation. Ganesh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peggy. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we are delighted. So let's get started. You know, you know this space. You know the Internet of Things, AI, really well. So let's, for all of those contractors and the manufacturers who might be listening, let's help them understand really how is AI and IoT really helping shape construction and how do you quantify what's at stake right now for everyone here who's really trying to help them understand how this is going to improve their bottom lines? I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, but let's like try to start right now from the very beginning if we could. Great. So um, an uptake, uh, what we do is help apply AI and IoT technologies to industries that have not been served very well with traditional software and unlock value from all of the operational data. And we call it uh, industrial AI or IoT. And construction is one of those industries that we're super excited about because if you think about this industry, it's one of the most digitally backward industries in terms of just in the last decade, we're kind of turning up the investments and embracing of digital technologies and construction. And when I look at that, that's from everything from around labor, around machines, around inventory, around project schedules, around, you know, uh, managing projects. So there's a lot around machines and people. 
And our whole thesis is that the, in, the, in labor, in, uh, in uh, construction especially, we're sitting on mountains of data. And that can solve huge problems, productivity problems, efficiency problems that we can solve. And that's really what we're focused on is working with customers to help understand everything from why, how their machines work and predictive maintenance around those machines. And therefore, once you optimize the machines, what can you optimize around the people and the parts and the inventory and the schedules? And therefore, letting construction companies either uh, improve their, uh, you know, financial results or uh, either they save money or make money using uh, IoT and AI. It's important to understand the differences. I think, you know, I've been talking about this a lot, that there's a clear distinction you have to make when you're talking about AI, the Internet of Things, and even machine learning today. How do you help the construction industry understand where that distinction needs to be made, where it overlaps, and how they can actually get efficiency, profitability, safety. You know, you talk about predictive analytics, all of that data that you just described that's so important to make them take that leap. Because this is an industry, and you know that just as well as I do, that this is traditionally an industry that's reticent to really embrace big emerging solutions. They always like to stay on the sidelines before they leap in. So how do we get this industry to really say, this is where I need to go. I mean, the big companies jump in, but the smaller companies are not so big to jump in right away. They they want to watch and make sure that this is the right move for them. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, as you know, any industry that's uh, somewhat slow to embracing digital technology, the one indicator that we look at is what is the external interest in the industries? And the interesting data point there is, you know, uh, we've seen reports from McKinsey as well as from other places that say over the last decade, you'll get two different numbers. Anywhere from $4 billion to $13 billion have been invested in software tech around construction. So that's a leading indicator, if you will, in terms of investments that are going into the sector because people see the opportunity in helping not just the big companies, but all the small and the medium companies. And to your point about what is the real value, I think if you demystify IoT, it's as simple as this, right? In all of these industries in the past, we've used traditional enterprise software. The big companies use some ERP, work order management, asset management software, and so on. And But all of that software was designed for humans to enter data. Whereas in the construction world, we have a lot of things that already generate data. I would argue the most important data is all the machines generating data, all of the people at job sites and working in their operational data. It's the inspections. It's the work that people actually do. So there's a lot of technologies now that take advantage of not just data that was entered into old school ERP systems, but all of the operational data coming from, and all of the data has been around for a long time. Like the machines have been generating data for a long time. They've been sitting in uh, historian databases, and this is all sensor data. So when you think about all of the data from machines, people, and enterprises, weather data, pricing data, uh, market data, transportation, logistics data, you are now coming up with a picture of all of the data in the world that informs an entire construction operation. And that's really how we think of, that's what we think of as IoT or an Internet of Things. When all of that pieces of data and sensors are being connected, then 
the entire value chain becomes sensorized, and therefore now you can build applications on top that drive value. And when you think about all of that data, now you have to provide insights. And a subset of AI, which is what most people in AI do, is machine learning. And our argument is that in all of these industries, especially in construction, the amount of data we're talking about is not human processable. So you really need machine learning technologies, whether it's being doing predictive maintenance or labor optimization or parts inventory optimization, any of these use cases really need to have machine learning and predictive analytics at the core. And so we try to simplify the technology with many people, many customers, and focus more on the business outcomes. Because if you focus on the business outcomes, you'll learn to apply these technologies and not have, um, you know, a religious debate or even let's wait and see. Because if you ask customers about, do you like to have, uh, you know, less unplanned downtime? Would you like to optimize your labor force better? Would you like to have less inventory and optimize your parts? Those are outcomes people can relate to and can attach financial uh, metrics around. And then you drive those uh, metrics. Therefore, the adoption of the technologies comes next. A couple interesting points you just said there. One, I never thought that we'd talk about technology and religious debates in the same sentence. You made an interesting <laughs> commentary there. But it was very interesting that you said about human processable, because there's something there that when you think about technology and you think about, again, IoT, AI, machine learning, you can't do it alone. Even as you guys look at what you're doing at Uptake, you have key partners that help you do it. So when construction thinks about it, they have to look at this as saying, we can't do it alone. So when you demystify that you just said in the, earlier as well, the idea that I think construction needs to understand, construction companies need to learn about some of this to make it a little bit easier to digest or to embrace a little bit easier is that they're not going to have to do it alone. They work with a company like yourself to see that they can get it, but that you also work with partners. So all of this, when they go to understand about all of this and they look at it's not human, you know, processable, is that there's a lot of partners involved, again, that are helping digest all this data that you just described. So I think that also makes it because when we look at projects, there are a lot of things happening on the job site. There's a lot of people. So when we talk about gathering all this data and we say, there's not all these people anymore, technology is going to take over jobs. Well, we're moving things around. I mean, so when we demystify that, isn't that also what you described? We have a lot of partners involved. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts you have to explain to your customers why the technology is so important. You're absolutely right. And uh, if you take, for example, like a uh, excavator, right, and it has a lot of data, I'm pretty sure in most companies and job sites, you will have someone, uh, let's say Sally, who was the expert, at knowing how to operate, how to maintain, how to know when to do the, you know, maintenance schedules on an excavator because there could be a gear failure or an engine failure at a job site and you don't want that. In the past, that was always somebody like a Sally who understood that. But when you look at that same problem through the eyes of data and machine learning, you'll say that excavator has so many sensors and it's been generating gigabytes and terabytes of data. 
Now, what if I can learn from all of the excavators? What if I can learn from all of the excavators of the same model across the entire globe? You can now produce better insight and make Sally more proactive, more efficient, because she can then plan the maintenance window based on a predictive maintenance because you actually have machine insight. And that's not removing Sally from a job. It's actually making Sally way more productive. And that requires all that data to be processed. And that's why, you know, we, for example, you're right, we have a huge partner ecosystem of people. And AI, you know, augments people. That way we also augment other innovation in the world. Um, all of our technologies run on the cloud. Partners like Amazon, where we run our entire cloud infrastructure. Or if it's new uh you know, uh, inspection in a uh, construction site. Uh, we can partner with our partners like Caspery, who are a aerial drone intelligence software company. So they can go do the surveillance and put the image data and the aerial sensor data into our platform, and we can build the analytics around it. So it's actually taking all of the human expertise that exists in these industries. And in many of these, you know, we've had people operate these industries based on simple analytics and metrics. And if you talk to Sally about the excavator, I'm sure there's a lot of physics knowledge, manufacturing knowledge that goes into that uh, equipment that informs her about when to do that predictive, you know, the past scheduled maintenance. Now she'll know more precisely from our machine learning analytics and our predictive maintenance software when to do that maintenance and when to plan the maintenance windows around that. So it's really enhancing the human productivity, but it's also enhancing safety of the human operator in those uh, environments. So it does take an ecosystem, and that's really why you need a fabric of software that we think of as industrial AI and IoT software that connects this. Once you solve the first problem, the next problem starts revealing, so you can start following what we call the digital exhaust of the operations. So you can continually optimize further problems in the industry. Do you find that you have to convince a lot of CEOs or board executives, or do they get it right away, you know, in the construction industry, or is it a whole process that you have to go through when we're talking about emerging solutions right now in the spaces that you're talking to? Um, it's a great question. I, it's, it's, uh, even beyond the construction industry, we see this largely in the industrial world is that the few visionary leaders get it. And when they say, uh, and they'll be honest, they'll say when they get it, they get the fact that they need to do something about it. They will be honest and tell you they don't understand what the next four or five steps looks like. The most important thing I always talk about in this kind of embracing new technologies and what everybody would call as digital transformation or transforming your industry through digital technologies, uh, which is now happening faster because of uh, ideas like machine learning, is that you need to have a believership at the top. The believership that technologies like machine learning, predictive maintenance, IoT, will actually fundamentally reimagine your business. And if you have that belief, it will lead you and guide you to make the right bets and therefore surround yourself with the right people and partners. So it's varied, but we see few people making those bets and many that have this as an agenda. And to some extent, we also find people who are skeptical about it because they grew up in this industry and they would ask us about, how can you help us? You're not a construction company. Um, and we've seen this movie again and again in many industries. For example, we tell the story of when we first went into uh, 
locomotives and rail. We didn't know a lot about locomotives and rail. But pair, working with our customers, codifying their subject matter expertise in machine learning, we're now able to help a company like Progress Rail do 90% of all the predictive maintenance using our software. Or when we first went into the energy industry, you know, we didn't know a whole lot, but then working quickly, this is the power of machine learning, is that we can quickly get to a point where we can help companies like Berkshire Hathaway Energy connect all of their, you know, equipment to us, uh, wind turbine equipment, and help predict the maintenance. In construction, for example, we already have over 200,000 assets, construction assets, on our platform. And in one case, we actually unlocked 23,000 technician hours for just one dealer in one year. So these are real examples. So the, once people see the value, and the value being either they make money or save money, or there's a business outcome, we also we actually tend to talk about our not software. We tend to talk more about outcomes, and it's almost like outcome where is how we think about us, and that actually helps people build belief to get to the next step. It's providing those richer insights. You know, since 2014, you guys really started doing all this, and you've had to yeah. really look at that. I mean, a lot of this experience you brought or created from that vision that you have, being back from GE, helping Brad Keywell, you know, who, who really started everything as the founder of Uptake now. And you guys are looking at more industries, looking at ways to do it. But it's that experience you get from industry to industry helps you kind of gain new insights and in what you could do as an industry like construction that says, look, I'm not comfortable with what I'm doing in construction. Yet the larger companies see the need. They see that technology is not going to slow down. So it's kind of like you, with all these buzzwords that get thrown around, you, you kind of have to help an industry that kind of says, I want to put my toe in the water, but yet I don't know if I want to put my whole foot in. So you kind of have to help them see that predictive analytics is almost where they've got to go. They can't be reactive. They've got to be more predictive. They got to be more prescriptive and all these things that you do. And now we're talking about deep learning and all these other things that go forward. Are they seeing that? Look, we, we're going to take you there, whether it's us or someone else, but we're the better choice. I mean, is that what you're really having to say to all these folks now as, as you talk to them more and more with the numbers you just said with dealers and others saying it's us or someone, but you got to go? Yes, I, th I think that's exactly it. The best uh, conversations are with people who are going to do this with or without us, right? It's almost like a, we advise people that you should do this regardless of whether Uptake is doing it or 10 other companies are doing it. And if that's a belief that you can build for yourself independently, then it's a good conversation because then we can help you accelerate that. Then we can help you clarify why you need to do something like how our partner with a company like Uptake because we can de-risk your uh, roadmap or we can help you with a better uh, journey map. It's absolutely that level of conversation. And that's why, you know, uh, there's an old, uh, you know, in most, uh, at least as I uh, growing up in Silicon Valley and looking at a lot of these kind of problems, you know a market is real when people try to scratch their own ownage, right? They try to self-service themselves. And when I look at all of the construction companies in the last decade, embracing digital technologies in many fronts. It actually tells me that they are trying to get, this is not old school IT, they're trying to transform their own industry. An example for me is, uh, you know, uh, Qubit as a big construction company uh, started buying software companies. 
buying software companies because they were tired of old school vanilla enterprise software companies like SAP not servicing this industry. So they wanted to build their own construction software. And that's a healthy bet. Now, you could argue whether that bet's going to be successful or not, but that pattern is important, right? Is as in there, you need dedicated industry purpose built software. But to your point, that also can be informed by expertise in other industries, which is how we can help our customers. For example, in construction, you have fleets of trucks. Now, because we've done fleets of railroad, you know, uh, locomotives, and we can now translate that to fleets of trucks that we're helping with many customers around the world or fleet of fighting vehicles for the Army, we can bring a lot of those cross-industry learning and de-risk a uh, project within construction, for example. That cross-industry learning and building the, the AI and machine learning engines and the algorithms and the models on top and training them on billion and a half hours of learning data means we can deliver value quickly. And so we tell most of our prospective customers that you have to do this, but you've got to do this in partnership with companies like Amazon, companies like us, to be able to build your dedicated solution to transform your industry. So companies like you're describing, a keyword and an A when they find success, and then there's going to be those that are not finding success. What happens when partnerships fail? And they go forward. I mean, because some are very successful. We're seeing very good success partnerships, and other ones don't. What happens when that goes forward? So, you know, the, the key thing in digital is about if, if you learn anything from the world of software, it's about iterations and minimum viable products. And that means that one or two steps may fail, but you are, as you iterate through it, you're coming up with ideas and archetypes that may, will not fail. Then it's down to execution. We could have a debate about is Uber going to be successful or Lyft going to be successful. But one thing I'm sure we will not have a debate about is right sharing here to stay, right? And so the best way for companies to embrace this is to de-risk with partners, build a belief system around digital, know the investments and iterations that they have to make, and fail fast, and this is what the idea of like the, the lean startup where you build minimum viable products and quickly pivot, and there is going to be a huge talent gap in the industry, right? And it, at the end of the day, it comes down to a human-driven transformation of why uh, would some of the best uh, software technologists come and work in construction? Well, they could if the purpose is driven in the right way and you provide the right platform and infrastructure you can actually attract great talent. And that's what we're seeing now is in many industries, we're actually able to attract great talent because they want to solve problems across all of these different industries. And the smart leaders in many industries, including construction, are making their bets with the right partners and also looking at their own digital transformation agenda internally and looking at the talent they need for the next two to three years of this transformation. When we talk about emerging technologies and we talk about trying to make investments in IoT, AI, machine learning, are we not having the right conversations by telling companies that they are going to experience some failures? Isn't that a good discussion to have? Because if we tell them they're always going to succeed, is that, isn't that the wrong discussion to have? Absolutely. 
I think you're absolutely right. But it's also, um, we're also talking in some industries that can be scary, right? Because Especially, we're talking people and processes, right? I mean, in technologies and just technologies, it's about the people and the processes, right? Exactly. But you also have to, uh, you know, fail, failing fast may be an acceptable terminology in a software company, but may not be acceptable in an industrial uh, company, right? A construction company. Especially since the financial crisis 10 years ago, right? Construction companies are looking to protect their margins and reduce their costs. Well, they and don't have many have margins to... right now. They're very thin. They've always been thin, right? Exactly. So yeah. they, have to, they have to drive productivity. They have to have – they are caught between doing the cost-saving initiatives and investing in new technologies for growth. Actually, they're not mutually exclusive. We almost find that if people focus on financial outcomes, you can actually unlock dollars from your operations and invest in innovation. But they have to go hand in hand. And those bets tend to be somewhat bigger. And if anything, we've seen across, like both Brad and I have seen across multiple industries, having done this for a good part of our you know, last decade, is that we see that the winners that bet big and go big. Big doesn't mean a big failure. Big, big means a commitment, but within the big bet, there are many small initiatives, many small quick wins, many small areas where they can quickly experiment, prove value, build traction. Sometimes the idea could be really simple, but you've got to build, for example, predictive maintenance. We know we've been doing it for quite some time, and it's a no-brainer in many cases, but you still have to build a human confidence factor in the predictive maintenance, right? So for that, we learned that in the early days that we can give the best predictions, but if it's not accepted and used, then it's useless to drive the value. So we built things like uh, what we call the model performance report of our, you know, AI predictions. So people actually understand the confidence factor and how the predictions are being accepted. So it's, it's about providing radical transparency. So humans build confidence in the predictions that the algorithms are giving them. And when they accept it, they're able to trace it back to a financial outcome or an operational outcome, which builds confidence, which builds their ability to uh, define the next investment target within the, or the next use case within their own enterprise. So it is cyclical, and you're absolutely right. So when you think about that just in general, maybe the question should be, they have to be thinking about technology now. There's no other alternative, though. But if they're not ready, that could be also a negative. So what advice do you give companies right now? What What's your best advice for them today in this environment? So I think you brought two archetypes of companies, right? Companies that believe that technology is going to be a big productivity lever or helps them unlock dollars from their operations to invest in innovation. If they have that belief, it's okay if they don't have a clear roadmap. It's good enough to start with that belief and partner with companies to go build a journey map, if you will, on how they will drive digital transformation. If a company doesn't have that belief, it's still okay. All they have to do is understand the business outcomes they're looking for and allow for companies like us to come and show them how they can accomplish that business outcome. They shouldn't have to worry about cloud versus AI versus machine learning versus IoT. They just have to focus the on the outcome. They shouldn't have to oh, worry about exactly. those, those little things, right? Because that's what they hear. Those are all those buzzwords, right? And they get lost yeah. in that. Yeah. So if they focus on the business outcomes, then, you know, that's one of the things we've learned in our journey over the last four and a half years is that understanding our customers' business outcomes and driving for the business outcomes versus technology. So 
Um, that's why we're, you know, engaging with CEOs, CXOs, CFOs, and bridging to the CIO. And because she, uh, the CIO, she may have a great idea on how to transform their business. Sometimes they don't have a seat at the table, and we can help them. So it's really focusing on the outcomes. And that's why I use the word, sometimes you get into, if you start purely with technology and not know the exact outcomes you can impact, you get into these religious debates of cloud versus no cloud versus traditional analytics versus machine learning analytics, first principles, physics-based analytics versus data science, and so on and so forth. And you end up in prove it to me and trials and POCs, and pretty much most people who have done data science will tell you, people end up in this trial hell of doing constant POC, proof of concepts and never seeing anything to production because you are not driven by a business outcome. Well, I have to tell you, Ganesh Bell, president of Uptake, it's been great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peggy. All right. As you've all heard here today, there's a big opportunity to leverage AI to help power the construction industry. Construction can truly tap into the data and the analytics to understand patterns, even automate tasks. If you look at the bigger picture, I think you have an opportunity to cut costs, heighten productivity, and even enable preventative maintenance, and so much more if you look at all the great opportunities that lie ahead. Clearly, it's coming. Technology and AI are blending together, and it's time construction companies prepare for that next evolution. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. And that's going to wrap up this edition of ConExpo ConAg Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen too, make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.